Praise the Lord. You can go ahead and be seated. Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Amen. I want to say I'm glad that my wife's able to come back to church tonight. I imagine it seems like it seemed like a month since I'd been here. When I got here Sunday, I'm sure it feels the same way for her. But, uh, I'm glad she's doing better and the Lord has touched her. And, uh, and uh, Rockland was doing such a, a good job while ago, I almost said I'd defer my time to the gentleman. <laughs> but, uh, sometimes for some people words come easy, for some of us it doesn't come so easy. But I do have a thought tonight, and uh, I don't know if you call it a sermon or just a thought-provoking gem. But, uh, I actually, when Brother McCall told me last Wednesday that he'd need me to take care of the preaching part of the service tonight, I began to ponder and meditate about what God, what I felt, what God wanted me to say, and He gave me this thought. And then Brother McCall goes and preaches Sunday night, and it's going to seem like I just took it from him. But actually, no, I had this thought before he preached Sunday night. But what I want to talk to us a little bit about tonight is worship is more than what happens inside this building. A lot of times when we think about worshiping God, we think about what we do three times a week that takes up about six hours of our life in a seven-day period. We think about we come in, we pray, we raise our hands, we say, God, you're great, you're awesome, you're wonderful, thank you for the things you've done for me. And we listen to the preaching, we sing, and we, we think that's all there is to worship. But the fact of the matter is, there's way more to worship than just what happens inside the house of God. As a matter of fact, as children of God, worship is entwined and ingrained in every aspect of our Christian life. And as children of the Most High God and the saviors of our soul, we should strive to have a deeper, more meaningful worship to God. And how do we do that? Well, as Brother McCall kind of said Sunday night, the more we know about God, the more we want to worship Him. And how do we know more about God? Well, it's through the study of the Word of God. And not just reading to punch our ticket for the day and say, I got my daily Bible reading done, but meaningful study of the Word of God. Reading of the Word of God seasoned with prayer. That's how God speaks to you. That's how you learn more about it, is because when you read the Word, you pray with the Word, and you let God speak to you through the pages of His Word. You know, the writer in Psalms knew this very well. In Psalms 119 and 11, he said, Thy Word have I hidden in my heart, that I might not sin against you. But if we get these words hidden in our heart, whenever we're tempted, whenever we're tried, whenever we're faced with a circumstance in a situation that we don't understand, a Bible verse will be quickened to our memory and we'll say, thank you, Lord. It's happened to me many a times. The New Testament writer also reinforced this in 2 Timothy 2.15 when he said, Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That is why you don't need to be ashamed if you study the word of God. Your life is going to line up and will be pleasing to God if you study the Word of God, season with prayer, and let God speak to you. And your, and your worship will become more meaningful. And you realize that every aspect of our daily life is a worship, a form of worship to God. 
Another way of worshiping God outside of the church is by the way we conduct ourselves in our day-to-day dealings with other people. You know, Jesus spoke and he says, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That goes contrary to what the, the thought of the world is today. They think do unto others before they can do unto you. But when, as children of God, we need to always be mindful and treat others as we would have ourselves be treated. You know, I kind of work in customer service, and uh, a lot of times when I get a call, you don't ever know what's going to be on the other end of the line. You don't know if it's going to be someone pleasant. And most of the time it's not because they've got one of our products that's not working. But what I found is if I'm kind, I'm polite, I'm understanding, that irate phone call usually turns before the end of the conversation. And they're saying, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I understand. I see what's going on now. And that's the way we need to approach everybody in it when we're dealing with them on a day-to-day basis. Remember to treat them the way that we want to be treated. Because that's what God would have us to do, and that also worships our Creator. That worships our God in the way we treat our fellow man. That's one of the, of the uh, themes of the churches, love people. We've got to love people the way we want God to love us, and the way God does love us. Also in 1 Timothy 3 and 7, it says, Moreover, we must have a good report of them which are without. At least he fall into a reproach in the snare of the devil. And I've went to, with, to church with people in the past that said, I don't care what people think about me. Well, when it comes to my Christian walk with God, I don't care that they think I'm crazy. Because they're going to think I'm crazy. I mean, Brother McCall mentioned it Sunday night, we are peculiar people. We're different. We're set apart. We're not like the rest of the world. So in that aspect, the world is going to think we're crazy. They're going to think we're loony. But I do care what people think about me as a person. Do they want me around? Do they, behind my back, do they say I've got a bad attitude? Do they say I don't care about other people? Do they say I don't have compassion? I actually had a man say that about me one time, and he didn't know me very well, and I thought we'd been friends for 20 years, but we were in a political discussion, and things can get said during political discussions that normally wouldn't be said otherwise. But anyway, know how. We always need to be mindful of how we present ourselves to other people. Because we are ambassadors of the cross. We are representative of the church. And we got to realize that our actions outside of the house of God is a direct reflection on the church and on our God. We... And, it's been said many times, and I think it's even more true now than it was in the past when I first heard it. You may be the only Bible that some folks will ever read. There's some people now that have probably never opened a Bible. They have probably never read a scripture. And the fact that there are people watching you, and they're watching the way you live your life, and it, is, it holds very true today. You may be the only Bible that some people will ever read. And if they're watching you, what do they think about your God? If they're watching your actions, how are, how, how, what kind of reflection are you making? What kind of influence are you having? And another way we worship God is in the words that we speak. 
Ephesians 4 and 29 said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, a lot of people, when they hear corrupt communication, they think that just means curse words and, and telling dirty jokes and stuff like that. But corrupt communication goes a lot deeper than that. Corrupt communication can be gossip, backbiting, talking gloom and doom all the time, never having anything uplifting to say. If you reference back to the Scripture, it says, speak words that edify. We should speak words that build up, that encourage people. I mean, even if you're in a supervisor position, and sometimes you've got to criticize and correct, but there's a proper way to do that where criticism is actually edifying to someone. It doesn't tear them completely down and make them feel like trash. As children of God and in our worship to God, we always need to look to edify our fellow man, to build him up, to encourage them, and to present God in a good light to, the, to our fellow man. And finally, the last point of worship outside of the house of God I'd like to touch on tonight is how we perform our day-to-day -day work for the, fellow, for, for the other man. The man that pays us a paycheck every Friday. In Colossians 3, 23 and 24, it says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, and not unto men. Knowing that the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I've always tried, I've held a job somewhere ever since I was 12 years old. And I've always tried to keep in the back of my mind, whether I was flipping burgers, whether I was frying fish, or whatever I was doing, or whether I'm talking to someone on the phone or I'm doing shipping and receiving at work, I try to do my job like I'm doing it for God. And it doesn't matter if I was making minimum wage or if I'm making what I am now, I still performed my job and my task like I was doing it for God. And that's very important. I've seen people who were Christians who just half-heartedly did their job because they said, I'm not getting paid enough. Well, that's not what the Bible says. It says, whatsoever you do, do it heartily. Do it with your whole heart. Do it as, as, as you're doing it unto God. Make, you, make yourself someone that your boss feels like is irreplaceable. Feels like, I want to hire a bunch of those apostolic folks. If they're all like this, I want to hire a whole factory full of them. Or I want to hire a full restaurant full of them. It doesn't matter if you're flipping burgers. Do it like you're doing it for God. Do it the best way you know how. Colossians 3 and 17 said, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to, to God the Father by Him. The second time, if you're doing something, whatever you're doing, do it in the name of the Lord. Word, deed, that's your actions and your speech. That is part of our worship of God. Our day-to-day -day life is worship unto God if we're walking according to the Word of God. So you see, worship is way more than just lifting our hands at church. Every aspect of our Christian life is a form of worship to God. And I just want to leave you with this one last thought. Jesus said in Matthew 5.13, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Is it, it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. 
Our worship, our day-to-day life, we're the seasoning for the world, if you will. Is your worship and your Christian life, is it free-flowing like a fresh box of salt? I'm just going to be countryfied with you for right now. Is it just pouring out where everybody can see it? Where everybody can get a little bit of taste of God when they're around you? Or is it more like that salt shaker that's sitting on the table of the Greasy Spoon restaurant that's all clumped up and nasty inside? We need to let our worship of God be free-flowing wherever we are. Because Jesus called us the salt of the earth. We do not want to lose our savor. If we do, then we're good for nothing to this world. We always need to remember that our life is a worship unto God and that we are a direct reflection on the church and on our Savior. Let's live our life in a way, in a manner that worships our Creator. What do you say?